episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, your host, Megan Tripp. Today with me is Jacob Haler, host of Love You Like Crazy. Hey, Jacob. Hi. Um, thanks for having me. It's I've been listening to the podcast recently, and uh, it's really cool to be a guest. Cool. It's fun to hear. <laughs> um, did I mess up your name, like, immediately? You did. <laughs> uh, it's Haller, but... I get no like, one ever gets it right so I yeah. I get like really nervous at the beginning of the episode because I feel like I'm gonna stumble over the name of my own show and I've mm-hmm. <laughs> I've literally never messed up the name of my own show and every time I'm like I'm gonna say those words in the wrong order <laughs> yeah I hear you <laughs> so uh do you watch much made for tv movies not too many um uh, some friends of mine, in particular my friend Denise, uh, watches a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies. And every so often, I'll ask her for recommendations, and I'll, I'll watch one or two of those. Which um, her recommendations are usually good, and when I stray from her recommendations, it's usually a mistake. <laughs> so, um, what what uh, which ones have she has she recommended? Oh man. Uh, see, I knew you were going to ask uh, that, and yet I didn't prepare. Well, I mean, I don't um, need to know just... like, the, the titles, but you can give me the general gist of one you saw. Uh, the one that I really liked um, and thought was very funny in a way that was intentional uh, was, let's see, I think it's called Home for the Holidays or something. Um, and it's it sort of spans Thanksgiving and Christmas, but it's like, a uh, a woman's fiance breaks up with her right before she's going to bring him home to to meet her family, and so she hires an actor to play her fiance instead. I forget exactly why. It doesn't really matter <laughs> no. why. It's not that kind of no. movie <laughs> where you have to worry about that kind of stuff. Uh, and um, you know, and then obviously they eventually do, in fact, fall in love. Uh, but I don't know. It was just, I, I watched it and, and at a certain point I was like, I'm just laughing at this movie a whole lot. This is more than most movies yeah. and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think I gave it four stars on Letterboxd. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I watch obviously a, a ton of Hallmark movies and, um, I think it would be easy to listen to the podcast and assume that I, I hate absolutely every single one of them. <laughs> but, you know, there are a few that actually are sweet and have actors that have chemistry and stuff. Oh, dear. What was that? <laughs> My neighborhood has some motorcycles in it. Uh, I apologize okay. to editor you in the future. Um, yeah, on the other hand... Uh, for Love You Like Crazy, we once reviewed um, The Shunning. Have you seen that one? Um, I I'm think that's actually Lifetime. It, but I, I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's uh, it's an Amish mystery. Um, it's not very good. <laughs> but <laughs> that's my summary of that one. Uh, well, today we watched... Not Enough Shunning. Not Enough Shunning. <laughs> I mean, for yeah. a movie called The Shunning, you really want to hit that shunning quite a lot. You would think. <laughs> well, this movie had two titles, which is pretty common uh, with these kinds of movies. Um, it's called Abducted 
Um, like, oh, I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. Uh, no. Abducted fugitive for love. Fugitive for love. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because when you suggested this one to mm -hmm. me, I immediately was like, oh, does this have a trailer? And I searched YouTube for abducted and discovered there are 7 million movies named abducted. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this one doesn't actually have a trailer as far as I can tell. So, Yeah, it definitely wasn't made specifically for TV, but I don't think it ever got like a, a wide release. And I think most of mostly it has lived on like cable networks. But uh, the way I know it wasn't initially slated to be released on TV is, is we see nipples in this movie. And that is not something you would usually say. Boy, howdy. Do we ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for love they're not kidding there's there's plenty of loving going on in this movie <laughs> yes um yeah i would say the focus is on the the woman's breasts and then the man's back oh yeah they love his this back the movie really yeah <laughs> sexy back apparently um so we have our main character melanie stone she's married to tom stone and he is a prison warden, and he's running for mayor of their town. And his, he has uh, plans to run for governor eventually. Yeah. This is just the first step. Yeah, he's got plans. He's going places. Yeah. Um, and Melanie uh, used to be a... She used to teach swimming. Mm -hmm. She was a coach. But now she... Yeah, but now she teaches G GED classes at the prison. Yeah, to show that she's a supportive wife, um, kind of filling that role as he's a candidate now. And he thinks that, like, there's a lot of scrutiny. And I don't know, maybe this is a large city or town that they're in, so maybe there is quite a lot of scrutiny. He seems to be doing a lot of speaking engagements, so it, it seems like the media is really paying attention to him. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen wardens get a whole lot of media coverage <laughs> in any place I've lived, but... Um, it's usually a bad thing to say? if you get media coverage <laughs> as a warden. It's like, you're doing something really wrong. Well, I mean, he kind of is, so... <laughs> they don't know that, though. <laughs> At least not yet. <laughs> no. That's true. Um, so, um, at the beginning, uh, Melanie is being chased through the woods by federal agents with dogs mm -hmm. and then we get the title card two weeks earlier so we immediately go to that that flashback um is that i feel like i don't know is that kind of a sign that nothing very interesting is going to happen for a little while and they just want to get some excitement <laughs> up front or, or I, what what do you think yeah they do that a ton in these lifetime thriller movies is they 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 put you like close to the end of the movie and they're like we promise we're gonna pay this off later just hang in there and then they bop back to when everything is quote-unquote normal um but it it kind of like doesn't work very well because throughout the movie you know she'll be wearing a blue sweater and you're like oh well she's not gonna run through the woods because i know she was wearing a green shirt when she was running through the woods and then 
she's wearing a pink shirt and you're like oh well i guess she's not gonna run in the woods very soon because she's not wearing a green shirt yet so see as someone who is less observant than you uh the movie did succeed in faking me out once or twice because (laughs) she does run through the woods a couple of times or at least once before it's actually is the scene that this is flashing forward and back to back to forward to (laughs) forward to um and so like i was like wow that scene's happening halfway through the movie that seems weird and then it happened again 20 minutes later i was like oh oh wait wait so is this the time oh yeah okay this time this is actually the time this is when um the police are going to shout at her where is he yeah um, we don't know who he is yet <laughs> we don't know who any of these people yeah. are like this this movie doesn't really tell us a whole lot for like the first 10 or 15 right. minutes i don't know who anyone is or what they're doing <laughs> or what their deal is it's great yeah we just i don't know if it's well, great it's something it is i it is very different i will say that um there's like not there's not as much exposition as i'm used to in these movies like a lot of times these movies are very heavy-handed in terms of exposition uh she's talking to her friend amy so we know that she used to be like a swim coach like her friend amy is um amy's getting married soon and amy doesn't like tom and feels that um he's controlling and that her friend no longer loves him or something Yes, or maybe never loved him. Yeah. Um, Which Melody doesn't exactly uh, deny. Yeah, she seems like offended that her friend said it, but she doesn't actually say, no, I love my husband. (laughs) Right. She says, look, I knew what I was getting into when I married (laughs) him. Which it turns out she's wrong about. I can only assume. I, I can only imagine, based on what he does later, she was not seeing that coming. Yeah. Um. um. So I I wanted to ask you a question about this this fascinating scene at the pool, um. And and also like we mentioned earlier, like Melanie is a teacher, like she teaches the GAD, and then she also was a uh, swim instructor at I don't know whatever this pool is. Um. My feeling was that she wasn't very committed to either of these jobs was that yours yeah. that was a very leading question on my I, part i feel like the movie wants us to feel like she would love to continue to be a swim coach but her husband won't let her and she doesn't really want to be a ged instructor in the prison but she feels she has to um but we don't really get much idea of who she is as a character until like three quarters of the way through the movie when she decides that she's done with Tom and she kind of like wakes up again (laughs) as a person Mm -hmm. which kind of makes sense but doesn't make her a super compelling person to like follow the first three three fourths of this movie yeah that's true Um, right like well none of these characters are that well drawn right no. i mean i guess tom we get i don't know tom we sort of get a sense as as being um i mean he's power hungry but he's mostly just evil for the sake of evil 
Yeah, I was going to say like he's the kind of person who would describe himself as a nice guy, <laughs> but but is secretly a murderer. Like that's that's Tom. Yeah, that's quite that's quite an extreme case of nice guy to full yeah. on murderer. But yeah. Yeah. He uh he's sleeping with the his campaign manager Paula Sims and mm-hmm. It's strange to me because, I mean, I guess maybe he just feels like a super powerful guy and she's attracted to that. But he, like, is so dismissive and, and gross that you're just like, why are you with this guy? Well, I, so, I mean, that's true. Like, there's a there's a thing early on where he's like, hey, we're doing this impromptu uh, planning session later. Can you make some appetizers for it um and melanie's like sure oh you know melanie is mad that she's not being given more notice but she's like sure i can do that and then it turns out that the impromptu planning session doesn't actually happen and also tom and paula are have to leave before they eat anything um to go strategize and or have sex (laughs) um and so she's left with her appetizers, which I took a screenshot of because it was, it's quite a collection of food. I don't know. I don't know if you uh, paid as much attention to it as I did. The thing that she got mad about and like threw down the sink looked like some sort of like pizza, tiny pizzas. Was that what that was? What was that? I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what I thought too, except it seemed incredibly hard and it broke the trash compactor. (laughs) So, so I don't know what that was. Um, I don't know. Is there a way for me to share this on? Uh, probably not. Oh wait, present now. Sure, why not? Um, I can tweet. This I know that this, this so is can see this. horrible for podcasting. Uh, um, so. Okay, so we have. Can you see this? We have a a, a, a vegetable platter. And yes, look at the size of those cauliflower. <laughs> yeah, those very large. They you couldn't eat those delicately at all. Uh, no. Then we have uh, tiny sausages, and what's in the middle? Mm-hmm. Is that like a cheese sauce or a hummus? Some sort of beige sauce in the middle. Mm-hmm. Then we have a giant bowl of greens. It's just a salad, <laughs> so it's not like finger yeah. food. It's just like a huge salad that you have to serve yourself. Then a bowl of nuts. Then the mystery items that look like tiny pizzas. Maybe they're cookies? I thought they might be cookies. They're pretty, they're not very appetizing looking cookies. Well, I mean, mean, when she like hits it uh, and it nearly shatters a sink, like those things are very hard. I chip a tooth on that. (laughs) Yeah. um, Right. If if you have a cookie that people are like, is that a pizza? (laughs) It's probably not a great cookie. And then the last thing is... A bunch of slices of bread, and it just looks like plain bread. It doesn't look like bruschetta or anything. It just looks like slices of bread around a pile of salami and a potted plant on top of it. What what am I seeing? I guess. I don't know. I thought maybe there were cherry tomatoes, but there's also, I don't know. It's hard to to say. To the left of her salad looks like a tray of cherry tomatoes. Yeah, I think so. And then I guess those are two. Um, oh yeah, that's I. I was I was puzzling over those for far too much time. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. Toothpicks. Um, 
So I I can't say that I think she spent a ton of ton of time on that uh, on those appetizers. But nonetheless, disappointing when uh, your husband <laughs> doesn't bother to tell you that you that you don't need to uh, to put those out after all. Yeah. I, if if someone told you, please make appetizers for a hoity toity function. What do mm. you think your go to would be? You have to make a spread. Oh, boy. I mean, yeah, like bread and hummus is, is great <laughs> if you can get it. Um, and also easy. Sure. Um, deviled eggs is really kind oh, of yeah. a, an appetizer I like a lot. I, I also like that a lot. Just, just put a little tiny bit of paprika on the top. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, a, and a vegetable want... platter of, you know, mm-hmm. appropriate sizes. You know, that's always good. Yeah. And I take after my mother in that I will make food for 50 people, (laughs) even if it's like three people. (laughs) So I will be having leftovers. Yeah, I'm not a cook, so I don't know what else I'd do. I'd probably just make like dozens and dozens of deviled eggs and call it a night. (laughs) Mike, you know, I would not complain about that ever. That would be my favorite party. <laughs> I would be talking about it for months. So yeah, Tom is, you know, dismissive of her, bosses her around, says she has a terrible attitude when she just sighs at the fact that she has to come up with something last minute. Um, And even the campaign manager lady is like constantly bossing her around and acting like she's an idiot. <laughs> um... And, oh, so (laughs) Jack Carlson is played by Andrew Walker. So if he seems familiar to you when you're watching this movie, it's because I've covered him in, I think, five different movies at this point. (laughs) (laughs) He was in A Christmas in Tennessee, which I think I covered. I'm not sure. I definitely saw it. It's about a baker who unites people of her small mountain town to stop a real estate developer. Uh, I covered him on Love on the Ice, which I think I described as a screensaver of a movie. It was so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I covered him in Appetite for Love, which was one of the first ones I ever did where no one had a Tennessee accent and it was set in Tennessee. And Bridal Wave, where he complains about having to wear closed-toed shoes in the office because he's such a free spirit. (laughs) I feel like um, if you name your movie Bridal Ape, it's going to be hard to live up to that title. Was that, did it? I, I don't know. Like, what, what expectations do you have for Bridal Wave upon hearing that title? Uh, that, well, let's see. That, um, well, either that it was going to be funny and well-written or that all of the creative effort went into the title, one or the other, probably. <laughs> yeah, it was more the second yeah but there were a ton of brides in it so you know i'll give them that (laughs) they they said there's gonna be a lot of brides in this movie and then there are so you're like okay i see it's like sharknado in that sense yeah you delivered a sharknado there it is (laughs) um so he's there uh uh serving a 16 year sentence for what is it manslaughter or murder in the first degree oh wait uh, um 
the person we're talking about is a prisoner, obviously. Uh, yeah, the main dude. Whose name? Yeah, the main dude. Jack Carlson. Um, that's the one. Yeah, he no, he's in prison for murder. Uh, and we eventually learn what the story is, which is that he... They didn't... They never... The police never found the body, but his wife testified against him and um they found blood and other dna and a murder weapon uh that he had killed this guy um who worked at i think that's more or less the only information we're given (laughs) yeah he he worked at a shop and he had provoked him into having an argument with him in front of a lot of people like the day before he was quote-unquote murdered um (laughs) and so people are like oh well you know they didn't get along and then his own wife admits to seeing him murder this guy so it must have happened it it's a lot of circumstantial evidence but it's still it's still enough to get him a guilty verdict but the judge is like permissive enough to like give him only 16 years which seemed like a short sentence for murder was it 60? I th- yeah, I think it was. But I don't know. It wasn't that long, uh, particularly when apparently adding two counts of assault means life. Right. So, that I, I thought was strange. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer, but I thought that was strange. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, a lot of those legalities, you know... I feel like I just had to let those go or <laughs> accept the movie on its own terms. Uh, yeah. I mean, I took four pages of oh, notes. Goodness. Like <laughs> I know it was a mistake. I shouldn't have done <laughs> No, that. it's good. Cause I took, I took this much and it's just everyone's name. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's all yeah. you need. Uh, I took enough notes that I will never be able to find anyone's name <laughs> or remember who any, when anyone was called. Um, yeah. So, uh, Right, so Tom um, apparently is allowed to just staff his, what seems like kind of a palatial estate, uh, with all prison labor. That is so crazy. Like, he has a whole, um, like, fence and guard tower, and so he has, like, he's living on his own miniature prison, like, with a lovely farmhouse and, like, uh, he calls it the farm. I don't know if they're actually growing anything. There's lots of land to landscape, but <laughs> maybe that's where the salad came maybe. from. Maybe she went out back and had a prisoner fix that up for them. But yeah, like prisoners, like they do services for the community. And yes, they do work for like private companies, but to make things, not like as a service. <laughs> Yeah, it seemed questionable to me that the warden would, I mean, although who knows, maybe they could, the warden, that the warden would be able to just basically have prison, you know, have slave labor on his, just have people go to his house and work for what it was like $5 an hour or a $5 a day or something a week. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's obviously a really evil person, <laughs> although his wife doesn't seem to like worry too much about it. <laughs> And there's like that kind of um, there's that scene where Amy, Amy. 
is over and Amy is like, hey, you know what would be fun to do right now? Go creep on some prisoners <laughs> and spill some water on him while he's um, repairing the garbage disposal. Yeah. Uh, after... And I was like, this seems very inappropriate and bad. <laughs> it's It's so crazy that we're seeing such blatant like sexual harassment of a prisoner by somebody who's like obviously has like more control of the situation and like there's like her friend is like embarrassed like you're being so crazy but it's not like you're being horrible like there's no sense that there's anything morally wrong here it's it's absurd yeah i mean i feel like if tom so tom wants melanie not to be part of amy's bridal um you know not be part of the wedding uh which melanie is really upset about which is justifiable except if tom had said you know she's been sexually harassing the prisoners (laughs) and i feel like i don't really want to be around that you know then i would be kind of on his side Um, admittedly like he does far worse with the prisoners but like you know yeah she literally knows that if she throws water down the sink it's probably going to get on him and then she's all like oops and just like drizzles him with water (laughs) it's really (laughs) off-putting to watch yeah uh it really is and yeah I don't know Amy (laughs) And Amy is like, we're supposed to like Amy, right? I think you so, say? because Amy's the one that's trying to get the main character to stand up for herself. And Amy, mm-hmm. along with her fiancé, George, is the one who like ends up help- helping the main character a lot in the end. So, like, I think we're supposed to feel like Amy's such a great friend. <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to feel, like, confused about whether or not to like this person. <laughs> Yeah. It's uh hmm. <laughs> Um so oh, so right. So one of the things about Tom that's kind of funny is that he likes to kind of well, first of all, whenever anyone knocks on the door at his job, mm-hmm. he says, "Enter." It's great. <laughs> I like that characterization. <laughs> like that immediately lets you know this guy's a total tool. Yeah. Um he also tapes himself giving speeches uh, or like coming up with things to say and, you know, at his press conferences or whatever. Um, and he does it on like, a, <clears throat> excuse me, he does it on at like an old school tape recorder with a small tape, like the kind you would stick into a like a answering machine back in the 90s. Yeah. When do you think this movie takes place? Um, I think it's supposed to be present day, and it came out in 2007, so I think it's supposed to take place in 2007. Okay. I'm trying to remember when smartphones sort of became popular, because there aren't any in the movie. Yeah, I think it was, like, maybe the first round of iPhone was out, Mm. but nothing else. And I think very few people had them, because they were still, like, prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think he you would get a pass movie. Yeah, I don't think he would have been able to like record it on his phone, but there were digital mm. recorders he could have used if he wanted. That's true. 
Right. Although that would have been inconvenient for plot reasons. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so like at one point, you know, he's recording himself saying, I think this might be when he's, he's like, um, a safer future today. That's one of his slogans that he comes up with. He came up with that all by himself. Yes. Uh, and then he focused grouped it, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, then the the then his uh his campaign manager comes in and so do <laughs> so what did you think <laughs> um she uh what does she say she says i have something for you to review or hot topics that i want you to look over i think is what she says and she's talking about um, the body as a hot topic to be looked over oh yes <laughs> i'd familiar i i just thought that i'd familiarize you with some hot topics for the debate um and he says i'll consider them very carefully giving her a suggestive look <laughs> uh, now i think we can all agree that, the, that these are very sexy lines <laughs> um and then then they have sex he takes her bra off twice i don't know if you I noticed didn't. that I, I feel like I should have noticed that. I was noticing that they use like full on daylight to like light that scene. I was like, this is a very brightly lit sex scene. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> yeah. He like unhooks her bra and like takes uh-huh. it off and you're sort of seeing it from the back and then it sort of then it cuts to like a side view and she's got her bra on Uh-oh. again and then he takes <laughs> um, I thought he had like Or maybe she was wearing two bras. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, they do uh, and it on my one thought was desks. he has like two different desks in his office because that's how important he is. Yeah. Well, one of them is for sex <laughs> and then the other one, the other one is for uh, whatever spreadsheet he uses to store information about, um, I don't know. Uh, that he wants to extort. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the end. Yeah. Well, that's a whole. Oh, forget. <laughs> Man, I have notes. I have so, <laughs> so many, many notes. notes. So many, too many. Um, so at the time, I was like, "Oh, obviously this is being taped, and that will come into play later." Uh, which it doesn't really like the fact. Like, did you think that it was being taped? Oh, that it was going to be his downfall was having this affair. Yeah. Um. Or that it, yeah. No, I just thought it was like letting us know, like. Because uh, at first, Melanie is, like, convinced that they're having an affair because she sees an earring that uh, Paula left behind. And now it's, like, letting us know that, like, oh, yeah, no, they're they're together. But I didn't – I expected that scene to be, like, much shorter. Because <laughs> I thought it was just, yeah. like, you know, an information piece that we needed to know. And then it kept going. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> there's a lot there's like no music it's just all heavy breathing it felt very uncomfortable to watch (laughs) i was like i shouldn't be here yeah uh yeah that's all very true (laughs) um and then after that is when he gets in um our male lead whose name i keep forgetting jack no i see i've written down nudity with an exclamation mark (laughs) um and time codes well yeah jack um 
not well whatever um yeah i've written down obviously it's recorded which after that is when he brings jack in and makes the deal with him that okay you know if i I have two prisoners willing to testify that you've assaulted them and that will get you put away for life um so what i'd like you to do instead is abduct my wife and kill her i will guarantee that you'll never be caught and so you'll get away and uh, and i won't you know and my wife will be dead so we it's a (laughs) win-win at this point and we later find out that that's been recorded but at this point so the whole thing oh so all that heavy breathing noise from before should be also on this (laughs) audio recording (laughs) yes and they're incredibly painful foreplay (laughs) all of it um but at this point we don't know we know that he wants something from jack and we know that he wants him to work on the farm but do we know that he wants him to abduct the wife no um that's revealed later like the abduction happens they go to the cabin like there's a whole lot of plot that happens before jack is like so let me tell you (laughs) what's what's going on (laughs) yeah at this point we just know that he has to do something for the warden in order not to serve a life sentence and that includes working at the farm right so for all we know jack is just incredibly desperate to escape at this point because otherwise he'll be in life in in jail for life we don't know that there's a deal per se um um let's see yeah uh so what happens is she gets home the um what's it called the alarm system is beeping she turns it off and jack uh kind of you know intensely with intense music supporting him uh tells her to change out of her barbara bush outfit (laughs) to be less conspicuous yeah um and and get him out uh which she does it earlier on he says something to her uh, at another point when he's working on the farm like i'm sorry someone had to tell you how beautiful you are in that dress and i thought that was a strange thing to say to someone someone had to tell you that like i couldn't have you not know how beautiful you are in that dress so my cynical feeling is that if you know, as a woman working or living in a house that is staffed apparently entirely by prisoners. <laughs> yes. She probably gets a lot of really skeevy men telling her that all the right. time. And the fact that Jack doesn't realize that that's true, it does not speak well of him. <laughs> I think he he knows he's going to have to abduct, abduct this woman. So I think he's trying to. Well, I mean, it turns out he really likes her. So partially he he just likes her. But if he were a more cunning man, he might be trying to be like, eh, you like me? You want to come away with me? <laughs> if I try to abduct you, you're not going to fight me too much on it? <laughs> but I don't know if he is thinking ahead or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. And he's, well, he's definitely using her, like, 
you know, because he has the evidence, he has the tape. He manages to, without, uh, without Tom realizing it, he manages to get the tape of the deal, which obviously he could send to the police or whoever, um, and blow this whole thing open. But that isn't actually any good to him because what he really wants to do is get out of prison so he can track down this guy that he supposedly murdered but who he didn't murder and blow that wide open and get revenge on his wife and her husband, her new husband. Because he thinks that the man... There's a lot of moving parts in this movie. (laughs) He thinks that the man that he's been put away for killing is actually still alive. Like, not that he was killed by somebody else and he's being framed, but that this guy isn't even dead. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not to spoil anything, he's totally right <laughs> about that. Uh, yeah, I think he just thinks that because he's like, that guy tried to get me to have an argument the day before, so he must be in on it. So if he's in on it, they wouldn't have to kill him. They would just like pay him off and send him off his merry way i guess yeah and also he knows that there's there's a witness who says that they saw the murdered man the day after he was murdered getting on a bus leaving town yes i forgot about that yeah which um the federal uh marshals who are who are investigating the kidnapping are like and the police didn't do anything with this like what who (laughs) What were they doing? Um, they were probably my favorite characters. I'm I'm gonna be glad when we get to them. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can get to them now. Like I don't, I don't know. Now we should probably finish uh, the whole abduction scene first. <laughs> okay. Um. So my favorite part about that section is like she smuggles him out in her car. Her her like broken down old car, which I don't know why her car is so terrible. I guess Tom is just. I don't know. It seems like they have plenty of money. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she has sentimental Um, attachment to it. And so she's like, okay, just keep down. I'll wave at the guard post and they'll let us out, Uh, which he does. And then as soon as they're out, he gets up and puts on his seatbelt, which I appreciated. (laughs) Safety above (laughs) all. And uh, he instructs her to go to um, like a park and he's going to grab a license plate or I guess it was a rest stop or something and he grabs a license plate off a different car so that when an APB is filed they won't be coming after him so she almost manages to catch the eye of a stranger but he grabs her and holds on to her for a little bit too long and she seems I don't know maybe kind of into it but also afraid yep classic (laughs) and then who hasn't been there fear and longing together it always happens in like movies and books and like real life you're like i don't know if that would happen but okay (laughs) yeah i think i would just be freaked out and want to leave as quickly as possible please stop trying to abduct me prisoner wanted for murder (laughs) it turns out being kidnapped isn't as sexy as i thought (laughs) i was wrong about that is this where he puts um, her in the trunk, or is that later? No, that yeah, he puts her in the trunk, and he goes to get some maps. Yeah, I I kept um, yelling from at... the absurdly flirtatious woman. Oh yeah, 
he uh, the entire time she's um driving around in the trunk i kept yelling at her like kick out the taillight kick out the tail <laughs> i was like do you have any street smarts did you learn any of that stuff when you were a kid <laughs> yeah i read i yeah i read a whole essay uh like about different ways of getting out of a trunk but maybe that was after 2007 so <laughs> but yeah he he goes and he's he's definitely on camera at the shop and then uh the lady at the auto repair shop or whatever you can definitely tell it's 2007 because her lips are so shiny <laughs> uh and she is into him and he's like oh don't worry honey i'll be back in town this week but i'm going to canada so he's like planting the seeds that like we are going to canada yes uh, so i kind of like this because um by this point, I wasn't sure how good this movie was. <laughs> and I thought I thought that, like, my reaction to that was like, oh, my God, he's basically saying, oh, hi, I'm a fugitive from justice. <laughs> uh, you know, and I wasn't sure if how obvious the m- movie wanted me it to be. Like, ha- was I supposed to think, why is this per like does the movie know that that's what he's doing here or is that something just something that I'm thinking in other words like is this a plot point that he's making it really obvious that he's fleeing the country or is he just making it obvious that he's fleeing the country without knowing it yeah uh anyway it's it's the smarter one of those I've already lost track of my own <laughs> hypothetical there but yeah this it, movie it's whichever one yeah, is this smarter movie, I'll give I'll give it credit. There's like a few couple twists and turns. You think he's going to Canada. He ends up in the woods somewhere. You're not really sure where he's off to. Uh, We bounce over to Tom, who um, is all concerned that his wife is missing and is talking to John Delaney and Stephanie Baker, my two favorite characters. (laughs) They're U.S. Marshals and... um, they drive around in a van that says S-T-A-T. And I was like, huh, I wonder what that stands for. And um, when I was looking at the IMDb page for this movie, it like mentions that they are strategic tactical abduction team members, these characters. And then I was like, oh, okay, let me learn more about that. So that I used that term in a search engine and the only thing that comes up is figure of love information so that's not a thing (laughs) (laughs) i love that (laughs) the movie seems so convinced that we know what that is they never use that term they just have a truck drive by all the time that says s-t-a-t and i'm wondering if they originally wanted it to say s-w-a-t but like, oh, mm-hmm. they didn't get permits allowing them to pretend to be SWAT team and like alarm everyone that was, they were around. <laughs> and so they're like, uh, STAT, is that close enough? I guess. <laughs> In si- hindsight, maybe I should have questioned the idea that there's just a kidnapping van that drives around the country <laughs> looking for kidnapped victims. I would watch that show, though. <laughs> sure. If this was on Me CBS too. or something, I'd watch that. John Delaney and Stephanie Baker. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They were great. I love to... Very yeah. likable. 
I love too when they like uh, initially interview him. Nothing really interesting comes up in that conversation that we don't know about. But um, as they're leaving, uh, they're like, yeah, they're sleeping together, right? The campaign manager, the husband, and the other one's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then later she's like, I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like they are always at most like half a step behind everyone mm-hmm. else. Like as soon as they get the facts, they immediately know exactly what's going mm-hmm. on. It's amazing how competent they are. They're also kind of like um, audience surrogates because, you know, we mm. we don't like those people either. And we also think it's terrible that, you know, the main character's new boyfriend, John, this guy who's abducted her, or Jack, this guy that's abducted her, you know, got put away for something where there's no body. And there was a witness saying that that guy's still alive. <laughs> Yeah. So they're saying what we're thinking. Come to think of it. Yeah. Come to think of it, they're the uh, they're also the ones who answered my question of like, wait, is is he trying to look dumb and you know, throw them off the scent by saying that they're that he's going to Canada, or is he actually being dumb and <laughs> he's actually going, going to, Canada. to Canada? And they're the ones who are like, Oh, obviously he's not actually going to Canada. This is a trick. <laughs> And there is like a really funny scene where um, the the male marshal um, is like, he's always saying they're going north or south. And then he, you know, and he's moving his finger up and down and then he starts moving it side to side. It's like, wow, there are two other cardinal directions. <laughs> what if they're wow. going east or west? Good God. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's a wonderful discovery. <laughs> it's uh yeah it's uh yeah i was gonna say it's like columbus but then i'm like i don't know if i want to talk bring columbus into this anyway uh yeah um i think this is the part where jack uh parks in the woods and makes her start walking around uh yes I think that's right. Um, He takes her to his cabin. So this is a cabin that's been abandoned for two years, Mm -hmm. right? And it still has, like, pictures of him with his ex-wife and stuff. Um, I don't know if you've been to a a, uh, cabin in the woods that's been abandoned for two years. It is... This is a really well-put-together cabin. (laughs) Like, there haven't been any mice nesting in it or anything, as far as I can tell. It's really nice. I would stay there in a minute. Yeah. Later on, um, hikers happen upon it. So I'm assuming just random hikers are staying in this place all the time. (laughs) I kind of wondered if it was an Airbnb situation. (laughs) I guess it's a little early for that. Yeah, that definitely didn't exist in 2007. (laughs) Yeah. um, So he he unties her but locks her in the cabin, which locks from the outside, which is an odd detail. Um, I mean, most things lock from the inside or outside. Oh, right, with a key, yeah. But is they use? But you can usually still get out, <laughs> unless it's a murder cabin. Right, you can unlock <laughs> it from the you can inside. Only lock it from the outside, which this is apparently a murder cabin. 
because she can't get out except by crashing through a window. Yes, uh, using a fireplace implement. So this th place has a fireplace. Like, I really lock me in, maybe murder me at the end. It's okay. <laughs> I've been in my apartment for six months. I'm. It's a deal I'm making at this point. It's like all those tweets to like attractive celebrities. You're just like, murder me, Zaddy, in this lovely cabin <laughs> in the woods. Let me stay here. It's so lovely. Yeah, like nowadays, that would be Tom Steele. He's like, come stay in the cabin. You do have to murder someone, but... <laughs> but it's free. <laughs> it's free. Um, you, you can wear a mask. <laughs> um yeah so uh right so jack goes off to oh to get a new uh playback a thing that will play back the tape because yeah. he has a tape and a cell phone he knows that she's not gonna listen to him and what he has to say about her husband unless he's able to actually play it for her yeah um and he gets a cell phone and he gets two sets of sunglasses and he returns and she has broken out and has been running through the woods. Now, what do you think was stalking her in the woods? <laughs> My guess was boar. But uh -oh. I don't know. Do they have boar in the Northwest? I've never been to the Northwest of America. Um, bears, I guess. I don't know. what What's out there? <laughs> I don't know. I wrote down chupacabra, <laughs> which is probably less likely than what you said. Yeah, I feel like chupacabras, they... They uh, like it in warm places. <laughs> Is that right? Mm, it's probably yeah, too cold I think that's and rainy right. for them. Yeah. Um, we never see it, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, you just see bushes, and I kept waiting for something to happen. And then, no, she just gets caught by Jack, and he's like, uh, he does he have a gun, and he shoots up in the air to scare off whatever it is? Uh, does he shoot? Yeah, something like that. Something like that happens. Who can even tell? <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's very happy that he's saved her, and it's very Beauty and the Beast because it's like I ran away, but then you helped me, and now I'll go back with you, and I'm happy. <laughs> yes, uh, this is after she uh, ran through some razor sharp twigs and yeah, got a real bad cut in her side. Yeah, those twigs are no um, joke. No, they aren't. They later lead the cops to think that maybe she is dead or something. <laughs> They're like, we because found they blood. find her bloody it shirt, was an insignificant yeah. amount of blood, and then <laughs> yes. her husband is very disappointed. Like, oh, an insignificant amount of blood. I wanted a lot of blood. Yeah. <laughs> then why are you even calling yes, me? Yes, it's literally what he says. It's like, come on, dude. At least pretend to care. <laughs> Tom not, may not be super no, smart it's very possible he's very <laughs> dumb <laughs> um so then uh, jack plays the tape and shows her the sheet of paper that the security code was written on it's in, written down yeah, on it's tom's handwriting right and she and he says so i'm gonna go off to to find the person that i supposedly murdered but didn't and you can go back and give this to the police. Use the cell phone. Call home, I think, and the police will track you down from the signal. And 
Um, and she, you know, so he, and he's like, you know, you can't come with me. It'll be too dangerous, whatever, etc. Um, but then she does. Yeah. And, um, this, this part of the movie I actually liked because earlier on, we don't know how intelligent anyone is really. And we mm. don't know how stupid the plot's going to be. So it's nice that <laughs> Jack is like thinking ahead, like, okay, I need to get out of prison. I'm going to escape. I'm going to go along with everything, but I need to not actually kill her. Cause I don't actually want to kill anybody, but I need to have her know that her husband is involved, but she's not going to believe me if I don't get a tape recorder. How lucky was he that some random store just happened to have that equipment? <laughs> I thought that too. And also because I thought, I think you're right uh, that the movie set in 2007, but I was kind of thinking it might be set in like the nineties. Um, in which case, like going to a random store in the middle of nowhere and have finding a selection of electronics, including a cell phone, would have been unlikely. Right. Uh, but 2007, I buy it. Um, so anyways, Jack is actually like thinking ahead and, and planning. And, and now we're like completely on Jack's side, uh, knowing that he's innocent, knowing that he's not actually going to hurt her. And um, they do a fake out. And I hate these fake outs. But... Uh, <laughs> The, the marshals are closing in on a cabin in the woods nearby somewhere. And um, we keep cutting back to their cabin. And we're like, oh, no, the marshals are there. And they're going to take him in. And they're not going to understand what's going on and whatever. And <laughs> then they bust into the cabin. And it's empty. And so I'm like, oh, so it's on two different timelines. This is actually happening later. But, like, no, I think it was simultaneous. It's just a separate cabin that's nearby that looks similar. It's a real Silence of the Lambs <laughs> situation there. Um, and, like, you know, um, right. I mean, when you're when I watch Silence of the Lambs, that's definitely just like, wait, these two things are happening at the same time? That's okay. I guess I guess I buy it for the purposes of the movie and similarly here i'm just like okay fine it's the silence of the lives thing whatever <laughs> do what you got to do movie yeah they um melanie and jack are freaking out and he has his hand over her mouth because he's afraid she's going to make a sound and he's panicking because he hears someone tramping about in the woods and they're really close together against a wall and um it's just hikers and they realize that it's locked and they like can't get in i don't know <laughs> they yeah I, right the hikers really quickly <laughs> they totally do and then um you know the sexual tension gets to be too much and they have sex mm -hmm. um this sex scene i was trying to remember better. if there were any it, it's still a little too brightly lit <laughs> i feel but <laughs> uh at least we get some music got some slow-mo and andrew walker What's his face? That's the actor's name? Yeah, Andrew W. Walker. He's not the best actor in the world, but he is very pretty to look at. And they show you a lot of his back and a lot of his chest, and God bless him, he has a good back and chest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to see his tattoo, his back tattoo, a whole lot. <laughs> we also see his shoulder tattoo, which is, I don't know what that is. It's just a big black blob. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um... 
I uh, I didn't question it. I was just like, I'm not going to worry about this tattoo. I'm not worry. And I'm just like, what is that? I don't know what it is. Was it like a... No, the back was the star. I didn't take a screenshot of this, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take any screenshots at all. But um, I think the thing in his back is like the three trinity celtic knot thing but mm. the, i couldn't make out one on earth that big dark thing on his shoulder was doesn't really matter <laughs> all that to say they have sex vital to the <laughs> plot vital <laughs> all right i'm gonna stop this recording right now and go back and watch <laughs> just, to see. just to see what was that tattoo what does it mean <laughs> um but they They just, they walk to a bus stop, I guess? Is that what they do? Uh, yeah. Okay. I think so. They get there somehow anyway. Maybe they go back to the car. Who can say? Oh, I, I also thought I, when... So there's a thing made, made earlier. Um, uh, what's Amy says, uh, you know, maybe after the campaign you can finally have some kids, you know, because... Um, Tom's been putting her too many of this kind of movies. You know, if you don't have kids, like, can you really be a woman? <laughs> uh, that is a uh, message in some of these movies. But um, so I kind of want. I was like, oh, are they, is she going to get pregnant now? Is that going to be? Uh, if so, it's not revealed. Um, and I probably shouldn't have brought it up, really. <laughs> um, as it, it's something that didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> didn't happen. wasn't relevant. Uh, wasn't in the movie. Nothing. <laughs> um, Carlson. Oh, Car before Carlson did call, use the cell phone to call his ex-wife, uh, apparently because he knows the marshal marshals are smart and will. Or no, it was so that they would go to wherever his ex-wife lived yeah. in Oregon, someplace yeah. I think. And uh, so it was another misdirect. They realize that he's just having. He's just jerking them around. Yep. Smart cops. Um, oh, and uh, one the uh, the the male uh, marshal says, uh, "Tell videos forensics I want my map now." <laughs> Love it. It does feel very much like enhance, enhance. <laughs> 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 totally a hundred percent which is my favorite thing because they they have video footage of him grabbing some free maps when he was flirting with that girl talking about canada and so they want to mm -hmm. know what maps he grabbed and his yeah. uh colleague is like yeah i'll have him work on it <laughs> she's like yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we understand you want to know what the We're maps are um they have a video conference call with tom and Paula, whose head we can't see in this scene for some reason, she's standing she behind him. She freaked me out because she's not in the shot with him initially. And then she sidles up slowly and then all of a sudden, suddenly. So she's like, there's something, there's something. Oh my gosh, a person. Oh, she doesn't have a head. Oh, I guess that's Paula. It's fine. <laughs> but she really freaked me out. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that had to be a video call. <laughs> 
It's 2007. They have, <laughs> like, really advanced technology now. They could do video calls. <laughs> yeah, it's crystal clear. <laughs> it's probably a Skype. It's better quality than this one right here, really. <laughs> Um, I would have loved it if they like kept buffering the entire time. Like Tom, Tom, are you there? <laughs> oh, okay, there you are, Tom. Yeah, your wife. Yeah. Oh, you can't hear me. Your wife. Yes, the missing <laughs> wife. Yes, your wife. <laughs> yeah, there was blood. Oh, you seem really excited by that, Tom. <laughs> Why is she so excited about the fact that she's bleeding? <laughs> Look, why don't we hang up and try again? I maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, so there's a whole thing about wire transfers, uh, which, oh, because Carl, um, Jack found out that his wife had transferred, made two payments of $10,000 to someone named Terrence Scott. And so they want to find out who that is and where it is, because they think it's the murdered person under an assumed identity. Uh, one of the questions I had at this point, which I later decided was fine was why they why they didn't mail the tape to the cops at this point yeah she i mean she could have gone her own separate way and jack encourages her to but she wants to see everything through with him but they could have like sent it in somewhere um i guess it was more safe to like hold on to it since I was the only copy I guess I could have made a copy and then mailed a copy and then kept the original just in case it got lost in the mail yeah and I mean later on it's good they didn't because they need it for other reasons but um yeah, yeah. which is ultimately why I decided eh I'm not gonna worry about that one too much <laughs> like it, it worked out later fine. but yeah they're... later on they were smart yeah. about it so but yeah, they they go to a town where the wire transfers were sent from, I guess, or to. Mm-hmm. This is the one time when Jack seems kind of not to have thought things through too well, because <laughs> his plan for getting the information is not very detailed. <laughs> He's just like, could you please tell me who received this and she's like oh are you the person who sent it and he's like no and she's like all right then could you ask the person who sent it and then he's like well no (laughs) it's my ex-wife well can i see your id to verify that uh i here's a bank transfer okay but you could have gotten that from a dumpster or something i really need to see some kind of proof that what you're saying is so um melanie uh kind of cuts that Gordian knot by pulling out some Benjamins. <laughs> um, which I don't know where she got those from, but whatever. Yeah, Doesn't I'm matter. not sure if she's just like the kind of person who always has some cash on her. Because mm-hmm. um, maybe that's the case. Because obviously... No, wait a minute. What's his face? Tom gave um, Jack money to be able to abduct and kill his wife and get away with it. Like, in case okay. he needed supplies or whatever. So I think the cash came from Tom. Anyways, All right. It's funny because 
obviously you would try to bribe someone for information if they're reluctant to give it to you it's like the first thing you try but I love that scene where she like looks at the woman looking at a magazine (laughs) and she's like oh you like shoes you need money for shoes and then she like hands her money and like this will help you buy the shoes (laughs) money can be exchanged for goods and services (laughs) it's it's a fact clever girl (laughs) life hack yeah so they get the information for terrence scott he lives at an address they don't look up the address beforehand they just show up it doesn't have a sign on it explaining what place it is (laughs) yeah it doesn't but it's an assisted living facility and um terrence scott has been in a coma for 11 years or something Mm mm-hmm but he had a visitor uh, two years ago. That's, yeah, that's quite a coincidence. That's when the wire transfers mm-hmm. were sent. So, um, so they're like, okay, so someone stole this guy's identity. Um, not which I don't know anything about it. Identity theft, really, but I feel like that's in in fiction at least. That's often how it sort of goes. Is like you find someone who is you know kind of not really using their identity for a whole lot and then you take it and nobody will check on it really so that checked out for me well enough um i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) uh (laughs) they need um to look at everything that terrence scott has done in the last two years because obviously it's not the vegetative guy that they just looked at it's going to be probably tim the murder victim who's not actually murdered and the only way to do that is to like either hack into a database or just like use somebody's computer if they're like a federal employee and um what's your face's husband tom is a federal employee he's the warden so she can use his computer if she wants yeah um if she's willing to risk being murdered by him (laughs) (laughs) which she is she's totally up for it she's game she's game (laughs) yeah there we go jinx um but uh jack is not totally psyched about this plan um Oh, yeah, I have a quote here. I take it the internet search didn't turn up anything. A reference to the internet. Nice. Uh, Shout out to the internet. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Okay, so Melanie, so they have sex again. Melanie sneaks out in the morning with the cell phone, takes a bus someplace random, makes the call, dumps the phone, runs off into the woods, and hey, we're back at the beginning of the movie, for real yeah. this time. She's wearing that green shirt. It's all coming together. <laughs> as soon as she was wearing that green shirt, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh. She's going to be chased by some dogs. <laughs> <laughs> at last. <laughs> the scene the fans have been waiting <laughs> for. All, all movie. Uh, and... Uh, yeah so the cops find her um yes is this the beginning of the movie i think it is i wrote down (laughs) um we then cut to tom and paula in bed and the phone rings oh 
Um, we also get to see the cops interrogating Melanie, which consists of saying, um, are you okay? Basically like they don't really ask her any questions like, so where did you see Jack last? (laughs) Where have you been? (laughs) These questions are not asked. Or maybe they are. They just like skip to the end of the conversation. It's hard to tell. She's just like, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm that's... good. And they're like, okay, great. We're going to take you home now. And you're like, all right. <laughs> all right. Okay, movie. If that's how you want to play it, sure. Who am I to say? <laughs> Have I ever written a movie? No. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so uh, Tom and Paul are in bed. Uh, Tom gets a call saying that Melanie's alive, um, which is... Oh, and Paula is like, oh, you should have another, this is before he gets the news. Paula is like, oh, you should have another press conference and ask for people to send information about Melanie. It's working so well for your mayoral campaign. (laughs) Again, I'm not really sure it works that way. Uh, I don't know if having a kidnapped wife is as much as a, of a political asset as this movie would have us believe. I mean, it gets him more press coverage and... There's no such right. thing as bad press, I guess. <laughs> That's a thing I've heard. I don't know if it's true, but it's a thing I've certainly heard before. <laughs> I feel like Tom gets some pretty bad press at the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not so true for Tom. <laughs> but we'll get there. <laughs> it's, uh, um, the uh, um, obviously cut out anything you don't want to be in here. Uh, a friend of mine once was described Mitt Romney as a man who never met a welcome he couldn't wear out. <laughs> and I think I think that's uh, true of certain politicians. Um, uh, and Mitt Romney has not murdered anyone, uh, as far as I know. So. Well, not any human, so that's good. I got that <laughs> reference. <laughs> um let's see oh so um tom amy and paul all show up to to collect melanie and melanie takes the the mo takes the opportunity to slip paul the cassette the all-important tape with the evidence george yeah you're right george not tom that wouldn't work (laughs) that would be a bad plan (laughs) just so you know here's the evidence against you but what's crazy is they're already at her house and she should have been like i've went gone through this horrible traumatic experience of being abducted Mm. i would love for my friends to stay the night in our ginormous farmhouse with us (laughs) is that cool (laughs) but like and then have tom be like uh i can't say no without being suspicious around her friends and then like they all spend the night but like she doesn't and so she has to spend the night alone in this house with tom who wants her dead and she knows that he wants her dead it's crazy yeah yeah and there's a scene that doesn't really pay off here where uh she hears him moving around and so she gets some scissors out of the bed bedside pardon me out of the bedside table um which is a good place to keep scissors i suppose and then he comes in and sees that the scissors are under the pillow so at this point you're like oh he knows that she knows but nothing ever comes with that that doesn't really matter 
it's funny too in that moment we see tom come into the room and it doesn't look like their room has a door like he comes up yes. the stairs and then he looks out ahead of him and there's the bed and it's like wait your bed is on a landing somewhere like in a loft <laughs> i don't understand your floor plan at all it's weird designed by frank lloyd right <laughs> i to don't say. know <laughs> Anyways, things that stuck out to me that do not matter, this is one of them. <laughs> uh, uh, possibly the point of the podcast. <laughs> um, that's how I'm treating it. <laughs> Why not? I hope it's working <laughs> for everyone. Um, so, can you hear the ska that's going on outside my window? No, all I, all I hear is motorcycles that sometimes sound like monsters roaring at your door. <laughs> Yeah. Uh Chupacabras. <laughs> yes. Um So at this point, uh our our friend the cop looks thoughtful. Um since it's like two in the morning, I guess he's really racking up the overtime. And he's like, I know why Idaho. Um and that's when the cops basically figure out the whole seconds murder subplot. Uh there's something Tom, in that conversation that made no sense to me. They, Melanie at this point has already looked up Terrence Scott's information and written it down on a post-it and handed it yes. off to her friends along with the tape. Oh, no. No, the post-it he gave, she gave to her friends was the one with the security code that's in Tom's oh, handwriting. okay. She doesn't get the... Uh, the information about Terrence Scott until they go back to the, like Tom is like, Hey, you need to come, you know, Paula thinks that you should go to this press conference so we can talk about how great it is that you're not actually dead. <laughs> and, and Melanie's like, we should have it at the prison. That'll be a great optics. And Tom is like, you're right. That really would be. Let me talk to Paula about that. And then they go to the prison. And the whole purpose of that is so that, she can get the information about Terrence Scott. Right. Um, and then flee the prison while um, while the uh, while Paul plays the tape to at the press conference Again, over the microphone. George. Wait, George? Oh, well, I don't know. Jeez. Oh, Paula. Paul, George, man. Too many notes. <laughs> I wrote down too many names in too many different places. But I, I Good thought God. at some point the marshals say something about someone needs someone has looked up Terrence Scott's information on a database. It's in Indiana. And I know who would look it up on the database. It would be uh, Melanie Melanie's helping Jack and it was so yes. weird because I was like wait they know that somebody used the database to look up Terrence Scott like how do they know that why were they looking at Terrence Scott's like file to begin with like I don't I'm so confused by this so <laughs> I think what happened is like they went back and started looking at Jack's murder conviction right. and realized all the problems with that case um, and the loose ends that weren't looked up, 
one of which is that bank transfer. Mm -hmm. So then they looked at mm -hmm. that, found the connection to Terrence mm -hmm. Scott, discovered that he could not possibly have been involved with the bank transfers, and went to look up information about him, realized that Jack would want to look up information about him, which would require access to the federal database, which um, she would have access to. Oh. But by this time, Jack has already freed her, or actually she's mm -hmm. run away from him, but they don't know that. And so they're like, that's why they, that's why he freed her, is so that, so that she could do this research. So they're working together. Uh, okay. Because it was really quick in their conversation. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> How do you know about Terrence Scott? But it was because the wire transfers. There was a money trail. So they were following that. Okay. I'm good. I, I may be wrong <laughs> about that, but I think so. Sure. I'm good with it. <laughs> um, they, oh, yeah. So that all happens. Melanie uh, flees the prison and goes back to Jack. Uh, oh, when she looks up Terrence Scott. So this, I admit, I'm cribbing from IMDb, <laughs> which I also looked up this movie in. Um, because did you look at the goofs section? No, I haven't. Yeah. Um, as with many goof sections, most of them are not very interesting or really plausibly goofs. <laughs> but one thing was um, that, well, there's two goofs here. Uh, you, they, she looks up the address, and the address is 100 Holden Street, Portland, Washington. So, um, Portland is in Seattle. Is that right? Did I get that backwards? No. Portland is in Oregon, not Seattle, which is another city. <laughs> Portland is in Oregon. So, wait, it said Portland, not Washington. Washington. Yeah. And there is no and such I Googled place it. I was as like, Portland, Washington? If you Google Portland, Washington, Portland, Oregon comes oh. up because Google is like, I think you mean somewhere. Else. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> and I just assume like, I don't know every single town in a state I've never been to. There could be a Portland there too. <laughs> yeah. But I guess there isn't. Uh, for sure. Um, and then also it turns out that it's actually at 110 Holton Street, but that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, I thought it was crazy that she's so busy scribbling down this like address and almost getting caught by her husband. I, I was like, can you not read a number, a street name, and a zip code and keep that in your brain? Like, I don't understand why that's so hard. <laughs> it's three pieces of information. <laughs> yes. Um, right. And it's it's like a case where... Um, anyone watching this movie knows that she's not going to be caught, right? Like, that's not how this movie is going to work. No. <laughs> You're not going to be 10 minutes from the end. It's like, oh my God, Melanie just got <laughs> murdered because, because Tom figured it out. I mean, obviously, some <laughs> movies do end that way, but uh, this yeah. kind of thriller is that has like a huge romance portion that like gets taken up by like Lifetime to be distributed on cable like no like she's gonna be fine right um admittedly this movie did have nip did have nipples in it which we were not expecting <laughs> two but, count uh, them well there was also yeah, male two, nipples but they were like six <laughs> yeah 
two nipples, two male backs. <laughs> There's just no end of. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, two bras. Uh, on one person. I have. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two bras. Right. The the sky's the <laughs> limit. I don't know what that meant. Um, I wasn't gonna question it. I appreciate that. Um, I have written down George plays the tape into the microphone. Hey, I got his name right. Uh, and uh, Paula looks mildly disgusted. Yeah. And which is also kind of the expression she had when uh, she was having sex with Tom earlier. So yeah. She might not be as into Tom as Tom thinks she is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Tom immediately understands what is being played and freaks out and tries to get him to stop. And then all the other police guards uh, or prison guards around him like drag him away from the microphones. And the media consents that something is wrong because he's freaking out. So they all start yelling and taking pictures and it's clear he's going down. Yeah. Justice has won. Um, let's see. Um, right. So Melanie. <laughs> this neighborhood is not always convenient for podcasting. <laughs> um, so Jack and Melanie uh, go to the non-murder guy's place in uh, Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. um, Melanie knocks on the door. There's like a little bit of business around that where she's like, can I use your phone to call AAA? Do you know the number? Uh, Tim, or as I call him in my notes, sleeveless Tim. Um, <laughs> he figures out that something's up, but not, not in time to keep Jack from breaking in and um almost killing him with a hammer yeah then i was like wait a minute is this double jeopardy <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point he could totally do it he's already dead <laughs> I'm like oh my goodness it's a whole different movie now <laughs> uh, yeah uh yeah that's true yeah opportunities lost <laughs> melanie tells him not to yeah and then right behind him comes our two favorite friends uh John Delaney and Stephanie Baker, the stat team of U.S. Marshals. Yep. Yep. And they arrest everybody. Um, they don't arrest they Melanie. They tell Melanie. Well, they, they that's true. Her. They say that they should arrest yeah. her. They kind of wag their finger. <laughs> They're like, you kind of, what did they, I forget what they, uh, what they say that she, she, she should be arrested for, I think. Um, it kind of seemed like colluding with her own kidnapping, which I don't know that that's a crime per se. Um, I think they're anyway. saying that she aided and abetted him being able to run away from. Uh, yes. Prison. Okay. Yes. That makes and they're sense. Like, but you know, it started off with a kidnapping, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> all good. Whatever. And then she's like, "Can I go say goodbye?" And they're like, "Of course you can go say goodbye." And. <laughs> What are we going to do? Say no? <laughs> and uh, they, they're they like, um, Delaney's like really invested now. And he's like, I'm going to try to get you to have like uh, time served so you don't have to serve any more time for like all this 
stuff <laughs> kidnapping and running away from prison <laughs> all them blah, 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 blah. crimes he done um, <laughs> but uh uh you know that's up to the judge so i don't know but uh we're gonna handcuff you and take you away and then uh the other marshal who's like about to drive him off like takes a step back so he can have a private moment with his girl and they kiss some more and um that's pretty much the end until the final scene right um they also talk to uh sleeveless tim and he explains the plot which i didn't entirely understand oh. like i didn't really understand why he participated in his own murder fake murder yeah i don't know that i got that either i guess because he was just getting paid off right like he wanted to start over someplace new and they were like hey here's twenty thousand dollars go start off somewhere new yeah, and then they stabbed him for the evidence. Yeah. He didn't seem happy about the deal. Yeah. Like, at this point, he's like, screw those people. <laughs> I think maybe he thought they would continue to make payments to him, and they never did. And he could never come forward without oh. being like, uh, I did something illegal. <laughs> so then he was like, "Ah oh, man. Yeah, and... He said that they could look up some prescriptions that were prescribed to him the day after he was killed. Oh. <laughs> that does seem like a, a loose end that they might have considered <laughs> at the time. But, you know, not everyone's cut out for a life of crime. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we're at the end scene. So Melanie is finally coaching swimming again and doing what she loves. And... Um, she's i guess by herself amy's not there and um then who should come by to say hello but jack he's not in prison he's fine she's happy to see him and they start kissing and then they jump in the pool like teenagers in their street clothes (laughs) with all their clothes on (laughs) yeah um just wanted to uh mention some uh some flirtatious lines here do you remember what they were no well i apologize in advance for telling you what for reminding you then um he she she uh he says that he's there he says um i thought i'd work on my breaststroke oh yes and she and she says i can help you with that and then they jump in the pool and the movie is over i mean it sounds like something a teenager would say like you're gonna help me with the uh, my my breaststroke, <laughs> like it's so ridiculous. It only works because he's really attractive. But <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, I yeah, sure. It's yeah. There's a lot of non-sexy, sexy talk. I mean, I guess it's like slightly better than I have a hot topic I want you to research for the debate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That uh, man, so sexy. Yeah, I think that's the only uh, flirtation we really get. It's those two scenes. Yeah. Um, and with the map woman, but I forget exactly what that <laughs> back and forth right. was. She was like, oh, are you leaving so I'll soon? be back Thursday. He's like, I'll be back Thursday. When do you get off work? She's like, six. And he's like, then that's when I'll be back. I don't know if there's anything. Oh, right. And she- see <laughs> well, uh, he's like, which highway do you take to get to Canada? Which... And and she says, "Oh, if I tell you, then you then you'll leave." <laughs> Pretty smooth. I wonder if she says that to yep. every guy that asks for <laughs> directions. 
but then you'll leave and then the guy just doesn't understand he's like yeah that's the point I'm lost I need to get back to where I was coming from do you know do you not know <laughs> yeah um right well you know you take you take your entertainment where you can get it in that job yeah. I guess like it's either that line or else head north I yeah. guess if you're going to Canada north <laughs> or south east or west what Indiana no no one escapes to Indiana <laughs> oh dear uh, okay well oh boy I think we've done it <laughs> uh, we've come to the end of the movie and we can rate it on a scale from one to five whatever's in terms of mockability or one to ter- one to five stars in terms of quality what should our mockability thing be? Oh, um, murder cabins. Uh, <laughs> murder what? cabins. Murder cabins. I like murder <laughs> cabins. All right. I mean, as as a rating system. Well, no, I like that murder <laughs> cabin as a cabin. There. Also, I was totally yeah. into it. Yeah. Before she busted out the window, it was in fine shape. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think there's some lines here that are really uh, absurd, but it is smarter than it has to be. And some attractive people take off their clothes. So that's not terrible. Um, I'll, I'll give it two stars and two and a half murder cabins i guess okay so the stars are for quality and the cabins are for yeah i think i uh well wait out of how many stars slash each each one is five yeah i thought this was pretty good i might even uh i might go you to like two and a half stars like obviously there was a lot to nitpick um because that's what we've been doing for an hour and a half (laughs) uh but um, I did think it was smarter than it really needed to be. And there were some things that I didn't anticipate. And like, there were a lot of plot elements and it didn't really lose track of any of them, which I appreciated. Yeah, surprising. Um, so yeah. And then mockability sort of for similar reasons. Um, you know, if it, like it was kind of too good to be good, bad, right? Yeah, I thought. I mean, I didn't think the acting was that stellar, but no one was doing anything really no. weird or goofy. Right. So, the sex scene was ridiculous. <laughs> the flirting is yeah. ridiculous. Uh, there were definitely the the giant uh, kidnapping uh, investigation van was like a weird element. I love um, seeing them shaking yeah. around as they're driving about, though. That was my favorite part because that that doesn't happen very often when people are in those vans. They don't shake enough, and if you were in a moving van, you would shake around a lot. Yeah, where? The, yeah, wow. Where are they going? What are they? Is it like Scooby Doo? What? How? That's the movie. Like that's the yeah. TV show that we want to see again. See stat. Um. So yeah, I I think I I think I will go. I'll, I'll just say two and a half for okay. both. Sounds good. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on. Uh, can you tell the fine people where they can find you and a little bit about your podcast? Sure. 
Um, so I'm Jacob Haller, and I have a website with all my stuff at jacobhaller.com. Um, I have a podcast named Love Ya Like Crazy, Love Ya Like Crazy, which is about young adult fiction, which I co-host with my friend Carrie right now. We're, we usually talk about books, but right now we're kind of going through the first season of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina um, and also reposting some old episodes about Riverdale. I'm also a singer, songwriter, and musician, and you can find my music at music.jwgh.org, or it's linked to my main web from it's linked to from my main website. I talk good, <laughs> and I also want to mention, like just this past week, I've been interviewing some indie podcasters, kind of with an eye to things they wish they knew when they were getting started out and stuff. So. For people who are interested in podcasting or are thinking about starting one for themselves, uh, you can go to jwgh.tv, uh, that incredibly memorable series of letters, which are my initials, jwgh.tv, and you'll find the YouTube channel. Uh, I talked to um, people from Dames and Dragons, uh, D20 Dames, role-playing game podcasts. I talked to Rose Eveleth of Flash Forward. Um, so check those out too cool lots of content there um just wanted to give a huge shout out and all my love to my new patreon member hunter thank you so much hunter um if you want a shout out you also can give on patreon.com there's some extra content there i've not been putting as much there as i'd like um things have been crazy this year but if you have any spare change, I'd appreciate it. And the content that's already there, I think, is pretty good. Uh, also, a shout out to Mike Bustillos, who composed the music you're listening to right now. You can follow us on Twitter at NABM Podcast. Tell your non-podcast listening friends to listen at notanotherbadmoviepodcast.libsyn.com. Tell your podcast listening friends to listen at all the usual spots. And you can drop me a line at notanotherbadmoviepodcast at gmail.com. I'll see you next month. Bye. Bye.